It is a good Mother's Day. You know, before I jump into my message and everything else, um, I do want to recognize that even though today is a celebration, today is a good day, I know that sometimes when we honor and we celebrate Mother's Day, it can stir up some pain and some hurts in some of us in the room. I know some of us um, maybe had a difficult relationship with your mom. Um, some of us maybe have lost our moms. A lot of us in this room don't have our moms here on the planet with us anymore. Some of us would like to be moms and we're not moms. Some of us are moms when we've lost children. I mean, there's, there's a lot that I can go on in this room where things have happen in your life where today can actually stir up some pain and difficulty. And before I just jump into all the joy and the excitement of honoring all the moms in the room, I just want to take a moment. This isn't like a token prayer. This is because it's on my heart and I know it's on God's heart. He wants to address things. He wants to heal things. He wants, he wants you to enjoy life even in the midst of pain. Did you guys hear some of those words, that song we sang, there's honey in the rock? There's something about when we come to the rock of our salvation, we come to this, he's the firm foundation. He doesn't just provide water for us to live and to exist. He actually provides water to satisfy us. He actually provides this honey that's sweet. That's this idea, this honey is, is above and beyond. We don't have to work for it, right? Bees create honey. They do all the work for us and we just get to enjoy all their toil and all their labor, all their labor, right? And that's kind of when God says, I'll take you to a land that flows with milk and honey. He's saying, I'm taking you to a place where it's not all hard work and it's all you striving and you earning something. It's a place where as a father and a mother, I can just bless you. I can just uh, heal you. I can just refresh you. Honey is often used for refreshing in scriptures. And so I just want to pray that over some of you, whatever category that, that you might have fell in and when I just kind of named some things, that you have some pain. I'm not going to single you out, but I just know that my heart feels this. And so I know that God's heavenly heart feels the same thing. So I'm just going to pray another. I know we pray a lot on Sunday mornings, but it's good that we pray, right? And so would you just pray? Maybe you're not feeling any of that pain. Would you just pray for someone in the room that maybe have some of that pain? So let's just take a moment to do that. Jesus, you have compassion. And it says that when you are moved with compassion, you're compelled to do something. And so I pray right now, God, that People will not just feel your compassion, but God, something would transpire right now in this very moment. That a transition would happen where we, we recognize, we address that pain, and in the midst of it, we trust you, God. We love you, and we worship you, and we place that pain on an altar, and we sacrifice it to you, God. We lay it at your feet. We cast all our cares before you. And God, we trade in our sorrows knowing that joy comes in the morning. Lord, in your presence is fullness of joy. So we declare, Lord God, even though this pain and the sorrow is here right now, God, we choose joy. We choose to rejoice and be glad in who you are. We choose to give you thanks in all circumstances. May the oil of gladness that comes from you, God, not from us striving, but just from your goodness, would you anoint us with your oil, with your honey that satisfies our soul, that causes us to be refreshed? God, I pray that every hurting heart right now in this room, God, would be refreshed by you, Jesus. May we leave here, God, with a, a full heart, not a heavy heart, but a full of satisfaction, a full of joy, full of peace, a full of gladness. So God, we cast our cares upon you because you are good. And we trust you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 All right. 
But there's also great joy in this room. I know there's many of you in this room that you have reason to give thanks, whether your mom is here in this room. I got my mom in the room. I have, I have every reason to be thankful. I, I, I grew up in this church for the last, how long has it been? 30 some odd years I've been here at this church. And there's been good spiritual moms in my life since I was a kid till even now. There's spiritual moms in this room. There's, there's moms in this room that maybe you weren't like my spiritual mom, but you exemplified what it is to be a good mom. This church has a great legacy and heritage of good moms. And I'm so thankful for that. I mean, we've got the best mom in the entire world here, right? Who raised her favorite and only son and whom she delights in and dwells in, right? No, yeah, we are just blessed. And so I just wanna give thanks and give honor to, to whom it's due. So if you are a mom in the room, would you stand? And we just wanna give honor to you for who you are and what you do. Stay standing, stay standing. Thank you. I am saying this from the pastor, but I know there's people in this room. We are grateful for your sacrifice, for the life that you live, that you choose to treat your kids better than yourself and that you have this heart of um, sacrificial love that you exemplify so well. And we just choose to honor you. And would you, if you are anywhere around, even if it's not your mom, would you... Um, you could either stand and move closer, but would you put a hand on a mom near you make sure that every mom's got someone touching their shoulder or loving on them? And uh, I'm gonna encourage you, instead of me just leading the whole prayer from up front, would you just begin to pray a blessing over those moms that you're near? Just begin to say a blessing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, we thank you, yes, Lord, for their faithfulness, God. God, I pray that you would refresh them, God, that they would receive the love and honor that we have in this room today, God. But I pray they would receive the love and honor that you give them, God. God, I pray that you would give them wisdom, Lord God. God, I pray that you would give them great grace, fresh strength, Lord God, that comes from you. God, I pray that you would refresh anywhere they're weary, God, that they would find joy today, God, that you'd give them laughter today, God, that they'd be able to laugh over memories, Lord God. I pray that children and grandchildren would honor them, God. If they don't have children, buy them, God, that there would be spiritual people, God. This church would rise up, Lord God, to honor them well. So God, I pray that every mom here feels the love of God and feels the love of the saints in this room. God, bless them. May your favor be upon them. Be gracious to them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Whew, thank you, Lord, for good moms. Good stuff. <clears throat> so before I jump into this morning's message, I was, I was just thinking about things that, that kind of transition, and there's a whole lot of them, right? There's a lot of things that you go from being a woman to a mom, a lot changes, a lot happens, a lot of transition. Um, there's a lot that takes place, and there's... This, um, I, I cannot vouch for this comedian. I don't know all of his acts and he might be vulgar in certain things. I don't know. Um, but I did see this clip of this guy years ago and it had me rolling. And so I, I can't show you the whole thing because it would take out my whole sermon, but it's hilarious. And so I'm just gonna show you a minute and a half of what becomes my mind, some differences from being a woman to a mom and what children bring into your life. And so I don't know if I prepped someone in the back, but we've got a video to show. And if you could just maybe turn the volume up and enjoy a minute and a half of some differences between a woman and a mom. What takes place? And there are people in this room who do have children, and there are people in this room who don't have children. 
Uh, don't have children. Don't have children. Um, they think they know, don't they? They think they know. <laughs> they know what it means <laughs> to have children. Sometimes they chat about it, don't they? And they're little couples. You know, oh, I'd love to start a family one day with you. It'd be lovely. You'd make a really good dad. Oh. <laughs> I think you'd be an amazing mum. It'd be so. Wouldn't it be so lovely having little, little, little versions of you and me running around? I'd love to have a family. And you think you know what you're talking about? You have no idea. You have no idea what it's like. You have no idea how difficult, how difficult things will become in your life. Things that you don't even consider to be things will become nearly impossible when you have children. I'm talking about things like leaving the house, for example. <laughs> this is how people without children leave the house. Shall we leave the house? Yes. I leave the house almost every day. Lucas, Oscar, come downstairs. We're late. Why aren't you downstairs? Put your shoes on. I don't know where my shoes are. Put your shoes on. Go and find your shoes. Where did you see them last? On my feet. After that, get your shoes on. Come here, come here. Arms up, arms up, arms in, arms in, arms up, arms up, arms in. That's my wife. She's so tired, she can't dress herself. <laughs> <laughs> The act goes on, it's hilarious, right? But yeah, some of you that have kids, don't have kids have no idea, right? Those of you that have kids, you're laughing because you know, you know how difficult life becomes. And the thing that I wanna highlight is the difference between a woman and a mom is interruptions. Interruptions, things that you thought you could do in life are now constantly interrupted, right? That you, you, you wanna go to have, I don't know, what, you wanna go out and have a night with the girls, right? Can't happen, you got AYSO, you got school plays, you got all the different things you gotta do. You want a night's sleep, right? He goes through this whole routine, right? But you got screaming kids, you got someone, you're trying to clean the house before guests come over and you're like cleaning the house and your kids are supposed to be helping. Instead, they take a whole bowl of cereal and trip and right in the milk goes all over the couch and the cushions and the TV remotes, everywhere, right? Life just becomes one sphere of influence, uh, of just interruptions everywhere. And I'm just thinking about, that's moms. They have to deal with interruptions. And I was thinking about, I think Christians need to learn how to deal with interruptions. That a good mom knows how to deal with interruptions. I think a good Christian knows how to deal with interruptions. And I think it could be the negative things, right? It can be the horrible things like poopy diapers, right? Screaming kids, siblings, punching each other. That never happens in my household. Um, whatever it is, right? There's different things that are difficult that take your time and it's sacrifice. But then there's times... I wish they outweighed all the difficult times, but then there's times where you have a child that interrupts your conversation to say, hey mom, I love you, and walks away, right? I wish it happened more often, but it does happen. Interruptions where there's good things, right? Hopefully today, moms are getting some cards or getting something where you're getting a token of appreciation, where your normal year is being interrupted with a day recognizing all the love and sacrifice that you poured into a child. And so there's this idea that interruptions could be a good thing. In fact, as I look through scripture and I look how Jesus dealt in the gospels, it seems like everywhere he went, he was dealing with interruptions or he was causing an interruption, right? When he met his disciples, some of the fishermen were in the middle of fishing, having a horrible, no good, very bad day in the middle of their trying to have fishing day, right? And he interrupts, says, hey, can I use your boat? right? There's things where, you know, Matthew's in the middle of doing tax collecting, counting things. He's like, hey, why don't you follow me? Like, Jesus has no problem interrupting my life. 
I think about reading the Gospels, throughout my life, I'm in the middle of doing something very important. And then he'll say, hey, a thought will come to my mind. I'm like, that's the Holy Spirit. But I know if I go follow that leading, this is not, all this stuff I'm working on is not going to work out. It's not going to be successful, right? There's so many times where Jesus interrupts me and it's been good. I'll say, I think it's happened way too often. The Holy Spirit has tried to interrupt me and I didn't listen. I kept doing what I thought was the important thing to do. I was thinking about this, kind of both, where Jesus interrupted a family. He came over to a household and in the middle of them doing what they're doing, their normal routine, he comes in and one sister drops everything and sits at his feet. The other sister sees Jesus just came into my house. Well, I, I gotta start cooking a meal. I gotta start cleaning. I gotta start doing all the other things. And they're good things, right? They're things that a good hostess should do. She should start cooking a meal. Jesus is gonna stick. He's not just visiting for five minutes. He's gonna be here for a while. He's gonna be hungry. He brought guests with him. Like, I've gotta feed him. I've gotta do some things. She's doing good things. And yet Jesus says, Martha, you're distracted. You're being, you're being interrupted with good things when actually your sister has chosen the best thing, to spend time at my feet, to be still and just know that I'm God. Stop running around. Stop doing all the things you're doing and let me interrupt your busy day and just spend time with me. Just love on me. Maybe you get nothing out of it other than he just wanted to be loved on in the moment. How well am I living my life where I'm willing to drop anything for when the Holy Spirit wants to interrupt my day? Right? And I was reading that story. It's in Luke chapter 10. You can turn there if you want. I'm not going to read probably the whole passage. But in Luke chapter 10, it tells the story of Mary and Martha. But I, as I was reading that story, I didn't realize that the verses right before were actually hitting the same exact thing. I always view them as completely two different stories. But I felt like the Holy Spirit, for me, was highlighting that they're actually kind of connected. The story before is actually the story of the Good Samaritan. Jesus is giving this parable. And he talks about how there was this priest, right? Coming probably from the temple on his way. He's on a road. And as he goes by, there's this man that was beat up, been robbed, was left to die on the side of the road, was bloody. And the priest walks by and he sees, oh, there's blood spilled. He already knows if I stop and help this guy, he's unclean. I've touched him. It's gonna ruin my whole day. I've gotta spend time purification. Like he's a holy man. He's on his way to go preach. He's on his way to go do good things. And that's just one person. And he's on his way to go help maybe hundreds of people. So if he stops for this one man, it's gonna ruin the bigger plans that God has. So he keeps walking by. Then it says a Levite or someone that works in the temple, wasn't necessarily the pastor, but you know, worked in the church, did things, came by. You think, oh, surely that guy's got time, right? No, same thing. He understands, ah, uh, I'm a good Jew, so same thing, even though I'm on my way to preach maybe, but it's gonna ruin my family time, right? Like I'm supposed to be a father and I'm on my way home and to stop and touch this guy, it's gonna, it's gonna cost me money. The sacrifice, it's just too much. Like, ah, someone else will take care of it, right? Finally, it says the Samaritan, who was, there was opposition between the Jews and Samaritan, right? The Samaritan sees this guy and what does he do? He stops, picks him up, addresses the wounds, puts him on his own donkey. He walks to the nearest inn, goes, takes him there, takes the innkeeper. He says, all right, 
here's some money that you can take care of the next couple of days, room, and, room and, and, and board, right? Feed this guy. If you could actually maybe bring a doctor in, take care of this guy. Here's enough money that should take care of. I'm going to be coming back and I'll come back by in a couple of days. If this wasn't enough, I'll pay for whatever it takes. Just take care of this guy, right? And then Jesus asks everyone, so who was the good neighbor? Who was willing to be interrupted, right? The Samaritan. And I look at my life, and I'm just being honest with you, how is this a Mother's Day message, right? I look at my life, how well do I live like a mother where I'm treating everyone that I interact with as God's children? I know for me, growing up with my mom or even in my own household with four kids, watching my wife interact as a mom, she's constantly doing things for her kids. She's constantly thinking about, I mean, I'm ready, like, I just gave up my memory on Facebook. 10 years ago, she and I were in um, Italy celebrating our, our 10 year anniversary. And for her, that was like, even though she loved me, it was torture for her to leave four little kids at home. Like she just wanted to think about her kids and take care of her kids and to leave them for 10 days to be just with her husband. Like she loves me, but like she thought about her kids so much. And for me, I'm like, just leave the kids at home, man. Let's go. As a dad, it was not hard. I, mean, I love my kids, but it was not hard for me. Like, yeah, let's go, let's go spend time, you and me. But a mom is constantly thinking about her kids. When she goes to the grocery store, she's thinking about her kids. When she's working throughout the day, cleaning the house, she's constantly thinking about her kids. As a dad, I don't know, I'm just being honest with you. I think about my kids a lot, but not as much as mom. Mom is always thinking about her kids. And I realize, I wish I could have some of that where I think about others the way moms think about their own kids. I wish I could be like a good Samaritan. I wish I could be like a Mary that's willing to be interrupted in the middle of the day. Just even, I'll, I'll give a quick example. This came to my mind right now. This last week, I was in the middle of working here at church, doing some things and cleaning up emails and something came by and there was a little prompt from the Holy Spirit, spend your time praying about that. It's like, well, I did. I said a prayer like a while ago on that. I'm like, okay, I had to stop all these things. I needed to get organized, things that I, deadlines to get done. And it took longer. Like I thought, oh, okay, like five second prayer. Oh no, I'm supposed to stop. Close the laptop. Okay, pray. Okay, I did that. Oh, now draft an email. Okay, draft an email. Okay. Oh, this is going to be a long email, right? Doing all this. Okay, finally did it. Great. I was like, I felt good. Like, I listened to the Holy Spirit. Didn't think about it. I'm just giving you an example. One time I got it right, because I think 99% of the time I get it wrong. The one time I got it right, got an email back from people I've never met, saying they're sharing that email with other family members. And it's spreading, and it brought hope, and they're just praying those same prayers over and over again every day. And I was like, thank you, Lord, that Holy Spirit, you inspired me to take time. The Holy Spirit, even when I drafted that email, I felt the Holy Spirit like, oh, that's good. Like, that wasn't me. Like, as I was typing, I'm like, that's good stuff, right? It was the Holy Spirit. And then to, to me, it wasn't, I'm not patting myself on the back. It was like, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you blessed someone I've never even met, and it's going on to other people that I'll never meet. And they're being touched by what you did, Holy Spirit. That brings so much joy and satisfaction to my life. Way more than meeting the deadlines and figuring out all the things I needed to get done that day. Getting that feedback, I was like, God, that's how I want to live. That's what makes me come alive. 
is when I'm led by your spirit being interrupted by you to go do these things. Can I tell you that when I give these sermons, even here on Sunday mornings, I, I tell my mom all the time, like, oh man, it's so weird to me even afterwards, like the rest of Sunday afternoon, I think about my sermon, I'm like, gosh, what did I say? Because there's things where it probably was just my flesh being silly, but then there's times where, like that was the Holy Spirit. And sometimes I don't even know. I'm like, I don't know. I had all this prepared and I barely touched what I prepared. And I'm like, I don't know. But I guess for me, I want to I wanna model to my kids into this church. I always want to be interrupted by Holy Spirit. I want to come prepared. I want to live my life organized and prepared and do things decent and in order. But I don't want to be so stuck to a schedule, so stuck to what I've prepared and asking God to bless what I've prepared that I'm missing what he has prepared for my day. It says that he's prepared good works beforehand that I can walk in them. When I actually discover what he's prepared for the day, oh my gosh, it's so much better to live out what he's prepared than what I've prepared. I mean, I, I could keep going through stories uh, tons written down, right? Jesus, just the way he operated. Talked about, I don't know, different things, but even where he made a plan. In Luke chapter eight, it says that Jesus was on his way to Jairus's daughter who was sick. And it says he was on his way and the crowd was there and he was being distracted by the crowd, getting pulled in different directions. Pray for me, pray for this. And I think Jesus was taking moments to bless children, to do things. He had, a, he had a vision. He knew where he was headed. And yet he had time for people as he's going and it's taking a long time because the crowd is all over trying to get his attention and he's giving attention and he's taking a long time. And you know in the middle of that story of him on his way to go heal that daughter that it says that there was a woman. And I love this. It says the daughter was 12 years old and it says there was a woman that had an issue of blood for 12 years. Maybe that daughter was sick for a couple days, for 12 years. As long as that child's been alive, she's been dealing with a sickness. Can I say sometimes I think things are more important. I'm on my way to a really important thing and there's things that Holy Spirit wants to interrupt my life and I think my service level is like, that's less important right now. And I tell, I'm just being honest with you. I tell Holy Spirit because it's often Holy Spirit is speaking in my mind and it sounds a lot like Ryan. And this thought comes, I'm like, oh, that's just Ryan thinking something. That's not important or it's less important. And I want to start paying attention to those things, not being scatterbrained squirrel. Like, I don't want to be like that, right? Like, <laughs> but there's times where I need to learn how to have discernment. But I think for me, I've been on a quest so much for wisdom since I was a kid that I think, well, this is the practically wise thing to do. So I'm going to keep doing this. When actually there's things that God says his kingdom is spiritually discerned. He uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise of this world. And God is having to undo this spiritually refined man of God to say that I need to do those silly things. Those things that seem less important are actually have way more value. This woman for 12 years has been dealing with a sickness. She just touches the hem of Jesus' garment. And Jesus, so in tune with the Holy Spirit, senses power just left me. Tons of people screaming at him right in front of his face, talking to him, tugging on him, doing all kinds of things. Someone just touched his clothing. Physically didn't feel it at all. But he sensed the Holy Spirit doing ministry through him. 
that he stopped. Ministry is taking place right now. Holy Spirit is doing something right now. I'm stopping. I'm not going to keep walking. I see all this that needs to be done right now, and I'm going to focus on what I was just interrupted. And I'm going to talk to this. I'm going to find out who touched me. Talks to the woman, and I love this. She wasn't just physically healed. He says, daughter, your faith has made you well or whole. Not just physically healed, but all the shame for 12 years, all the men in her life saying, don't touch me. Talk about that man on the side of the road that was beat up and he had blood on him. I'm telling you, the Jewish law said, if you had blood on you, you were dirty if you touched that human. For 12 years, longing for a human interaction, someone to touch her. Doesn't say in scriptures, but I wholeheartedly believe that Jesus grabbed her. He didn't just heal her physical bleeding. He was healing her soul. He was meeting every need, saying, daughter, you're loved, you're seen, you're valued, you're wanted. I just look at scripture. I think Jesus enjoyed the interruptions. He wasn't bothered by them. There's something got to change in Ryan, and hopefully it's someone else in this room besides me that I'm preaching to someone else besides myself this morning. That I begin to embrace the interruptions. My kids are getting older. There's a whole, there's no more dirty diapers in the middle of the night. Thank goodness, right? There's hardly a kid that wakes up crying to wake me up in the middle of the night anymore. It doesn't happen anymore. I'm not saying I miss that really, but my kids are getting older and I see the writing on the wall. They're actually gonna leave my house. And I know from talking to people that are older than me, I'm gonna miss all the interruptions. I'm gonna miss all those times where they were bothering me. I wanna learn to embrace the interruptions from people that I love and that I care deeply about. But I wanna learn to embrace interruptions from people I, I don't even know. Can I tell you even, I don't know, hopefully all of y'all were blessed by Pastor Raymond and his wife that came here from India. They were here last Sunday. I literally met them for less than 20 minutes. And when he invited, I kind of said, we just flipped me like, oh, that'd be nice. Like, you should come to India. Yeah, you should come to LA. And then he actually followed up and wanted to come. Can I tell you, when he came, I, I had this little talk from the Holy Spirit, like, honor him. I'm like, okay, great, I'll honor him. Yeah, great, I got that. Different culture, different way of communicating. I'm just being real and honest with you. It threw a wrench in my weekend, in all my plans, right? It, it cost me things. I'm not saying that I have to be his best friend, they're gonna be our new supported missionary. I don't know what God has for that, but I know he was supposed to be here this last Sunday. And can I give you this testimony? I originally thought I was gonna have him come up and I wasn't gonna have him come on the platform. I was just gonna not even give him the mic because you never give a pastor a mic because you don't know how long they're gonna talk, right? Like I had all these things in my mind, but I'm like, even on Sunday morning, God kept saying, no, bring him up. No, give him the mic. Like, okay, okay, I'm further interruptions. And I didn't get permission, so I won't say who, 
But there was someone who was here last Sunday. They came and gave the testimony that because, I'm just sharing this, it's not about me, because I allowed Holy Spirit to interrupt and I allowed this man to come and interrupt the service and just read a portion of scripture and then he interrupted, felt the prompt of the Holy Spirit say, does someone feel pain in their body? Does someone have something in their hip? There was someone that was here last Sunday and I'm, I just, I, I'm not gonna say who, that when they were a kid, they had surgery on their hip and had been in pain every single day of their life. That when that man prayed, his hip was healed. His first day in his life with no pain. Can I, I'm just giving that testimony. I'm connecting this idea of interruption. That was a divine interruption. And it took risk. It took risk. Pastor Raymond had to say, he didn't know anybody in this room. He didn't know how we were going to respond. Like, this guy's crazy. What is he saying? But there was something that breakthrough took place. Breakthrough happened in that person's physical body, but I'm saying something happened spiritually. Something happened in our family here where we honored the idea of not just having someone from India come and share something, but we honored the idea of, wait, Holy Spirit might want to heal somebody. And Holy Spirit is prompting someone in leadership to just try something, right? I'm going to honor Nick for even a couple Sundays ago saying about the pink Crocs, right? I don't know if it was said publicly, it was said in different circles that there was multiple people that had pink Crocs, and that word he gave, it was kind of like nobody stood up or nobody raised their hand. They had pink Crocs. But there were people that had pink Crocs. And they did get those words and it meant something in their life. It's something about those little interruptions. Like, that seems weird. That's like a strange thing. I want us to learn how to embrace those interruptions. I don't want to miss them. There's people that are bleeding. Maybe not physically, but they need a touch from God. And it's not going to come from just saying, reading scripture to them or just being in the room on a Sunday morning. It's going to take some of you in your personal life, sacrifice to invite them over to your house, to take them out to eat, to do something. I, I hear this all the, word, all the time, so hopefully this isn't just a flippant thing, but, but love is a verb. Love is an action. Often I have love in my heart. Can I, I mean, I... Tell you about, I talk about my mom all the time. I have tons of all this gushy love and gratitude towards my mom. But if it's just something I have in here and I don't ever say it, I don't ever do it, it's missing its power. It needs to be expressed. And so there's gotta be ways that we are doing something. And I want the Holy Spirit to have freedom to interrupt me all day long. Holy Spirit, interrupt my day. I welcome those divine interruptions. Man, I've not looked at my message once here, so let me find some things of what I'm supposed to say. Whew. Yeah, divine interruptions. Hmm. That's good. Well, if you remember last week, it's always a scary thing to say, even if you ask me, Pastor, what did you preach on last Sunday? Like, oh, what did I preach on last Sunday, right? But as you go, preach. The idea is, that you are a minister, telling myself, again, I'm telling you, I'm preaching to me more than anyone else in the room. You are a minister all day long, every day of the week. As you go preach. Moms, you're not just a mom to your biological family at home. You are called to be a minister the same way you minister to your kids, to minister to all God's kids. You might be a male in the room, but you're called to minister like the Holy Spirit says that he broods over or he hovered over the chaos 
and he prayed over or he interceded, right? He does things on behalf. I, I love that Jesus, it says, uh, one of the references of Jesus kind of being like a mom or having this feminine, feminine prayer, it says that we're praying for Jerusalem for the next couple weeks. That when Jesus was on the Mount of Olives, it says that he wept over Jerusalem and his prayer was, like a mother hen, I have this love for my people. And I just so long for you to be under my wings of protection, provision, my love, my, my caring, but you don't choose to come under my arms. You choose to go here and do that. So there's something about this, can I say the motherhood of God, this, this feminine aspect of who God is that I want in my life. I know I'm not a woman and I don't ever want to be a woman, right? But there's something about who God is that I want in my life. I want, I want all of who God is to be on display in my life. If Jesus prayed like a mother hen, then I want to pray the same way. I want to love the same way. Hmm. Yeah, let's just do it. We'll just go there. You know, I, I want to take more time. The theme for this year, remember I gave you a theme for the, this whole year? What's the theme for this year? Does anyone remember? Family. family. All right, family. So, I had it in my notes from last year when I was thinking about the vision for this year. I still have not even touched it really in sermons. But the idea that the Godhead is a family, right? We talk about that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit is a woman. That is not what I'm saying, so don't get weird on me. But can you for a second just kind of picture the Godhead being a family like we know family? That there is a Father, there is a Son, Let's just imagine, I'm not saying the Holy Spirit's a woman, that he's like a mother. That there's this father, this mother, and the son, and they are enjoying perfect, he's a perfect mom, a perfect dad, a perfect child, right? And they're enjoying perfect family relationship. And how they engage with each other, that that's really all of creation came out of the love that God has in this family. He's saying, we gotta get more people in on this. He created angels, but like angels aren't his children. Angels are servants, they're beings, but they're not created in his image. So he's got angels. He's like, yeah, that's not doing it. I ain't children. But God is one, right? He can't create more gods, so he's God, but I want children, right? And I love C.S. Lewis quote, quote, I say it often, right? The son of God became a son of man so that sons of men could become sons of God. Love that. So it says, in the beginning, God created, right? He created the galaxies. He created all these things for the sole purpose of not just enjoying all his creation, the beauty of stars and plants and animals, to have children. He created you to be his child. I remember hearing this, I don't know, probably seven or eight years ago. It was actually from John Bevere. He shared from his own personal testimony that he felt like the Holy Spirit told him, you know what? I love you, John, as much and even more than I love Jesus. And he's like, whoa, that rebuked that thought. Like, that, no way, Jesus is what it's all about. Like, no, 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 no. And then he was reminded, wait a second. I gave I sent Jesus to the cross so I could get you. I allowed Jesus to die so that I could gain you. Don't you dare devalue who I say you are. And I feel like this morning, there's something, I feel like there's lots of things God's saying, but I feel like there's, there's part of what the Holy Spirit is saying this morning 
is he wants to make sure there's nobody in this room that leaves here with anything, any idea or emotion or thought that you don't belong. That you are not well beloved in the family of God. And so I'm gonna try something that to me is kind of weird. I remember the first time I did some kind of exercise like this and I was like, that's strange. But again, I welcomed the opportunity to interruption like a, a different way than I normally do things. And so I'm gonna try something. Actually, Daniel, can you, I don't know, play the piano, play guitar or something, just something in the background. Um, but the idea is I want you to imagine, just like I said, <clears throat> my voice is going, sorry, or puberty, one of the two. Um, imagine, imagine the Godhead being a family. Like, I don't know, this is, it's a stretch, right? I, I told you often I take scripture and I, my kids were little and I put them to bed. I would take Bible stories and I would embellish and I would just try to get them to picture things and imagine things. So can this just be like a moment where we're not like strict on doctrine and trying to prove, just, just go with me for a second. In fact, you can, I'm not gonna force you, but you can even close your eyes if that helps you kind of imagine. Sometimes I, pr I, I pray often my eyes closed because I don't like being distracted. But imagine, imagine the perfect father walking into his kitchen, smelling a home-cooked meal, seeing his wife at the stove, and this perfect father and husband, as he walks into the room, he just takes a deep breath. Oh, it smells good. And he walks over. And he comes behind his wife, who's at the stove cooking still. And he says, thank you, honey. Is there anything I can do to help? What, what can I do to finish off the meal? And as he's hugging his wife and kissing her on the cheek, the son has just walked into the room. And he's just observing his mom and dad love on each other. And even a lump comes in the son's throat as he's just, he's taking it in. Even though his mom and dad has been married for so many years, they're still in love. And it's just warming the son's heart. And the three of them, they begin to set the table. They're sitting the supper table together, putting the plates down, the silverware, getting all the food to the table this perfect father, this perfect mother and the son, they sit down. They begin to eat this meal and as they're eating the meal, they each are asking each other how their day went. And they're, they're remembering their favorite parts of the day and they're sharing and there's laughter, there's joy, there's smile on each other's faces. They're just enjoying being a family, cherishing what the other person has to say excited to bring the next thing to say, enjoying the perfectness of this family. And just imagine as they're in that room, all of a sudden you're in the room. You're standing in the room and now you're observing. And as you're observing this, all of a sudden you've now interrupted their fellowship. And all three heads turn and see you standing there. 
in all honesty, there's a little bit of awkwardness in the room. You feel like you don't belong, maybe. But you look again at the table and you see there's another spot at the table. In fact, on the chair, it says your name. You're a little overwhelmed, but in the midst of being overwhelmed, the sun jumps to his feet and runs and embraces you. And as he's embracing you, he says, I'm so glad you're here. Like the older brother, he's so excited to have you there. And as he's loving on you, there's mom standing right behind him with a tear of joy in her eyes. She's saying, honey, I made your favorite meal. I was so hoping you would show up today. And as that's going on, the father has now risen to his feet. As this perfect father is walking towards you, he pauses before he embraces you. He puts on his, his hands on your shoulders. He's looking straight at you. In fact, he wants you to hear him, so he tells you, child, look into my eyes. He says, child, you belong here. You're mine, you're family. And I want you just to keep imagining. Imagine you now sit at the table. You've been welcomed and you're just observing. You're looking at their faces. Instead of me telling you, begin to tell yourself, what do you see on their faces? What's the expression you see on your older brother? What's on his face? What's his face look like? as he's not just looking at you, as he's looking at his mom and dad. What's his face look like? As you look at the mom in the room, this perfect mom with tears of joy in her eyes, I think her expression is saying more words than could ever be spoken. What is she saying? What's written all over her face? What is she thinking about you right now? And the father, I think it's not just his face, I think it's his body language. What are his arms doing? Are they folded? His whole body language, what is he doing in the midst of this family enjoying perfect fellowship, perfect oneness, perfect unity? that what he's longed for, for eons, is happening before his very eyes. Just take a moment. What, what emotions are you feeling right now in this room? What thoughts are going through your head right now?
See, I've been praying, and I'm believing that some of you, you're hearing the Holy Spirit. You're not just hearing the pastor talk about the Bible. You began this exercise with joining me in imagining something, but I believe that some of you are actually hearing the Holy Spirit talk to you in your own mind. Some of you maybe for the first time. Some of you with greater clarity, it's confirming you hear my voice. You are my child. You do know my voice. I'm just going to take a moment just to, to give an invitation, actually. I'm hoping there's someone in the room, but if not, I'm just going to be obedient to, to give the invitation. Today is Mother's Day. And as I've expressed that, that God has a mother's heart, there's nothing you could do today to honor God more than just to receive His love. That's what a mom wants. A mom wants their children to know that they're loved, to receive all the affection and care that they are pouring out for their kid. And maybe there's someone in this room that you're experiencing, you're encountering the love of God. And maybe for, for someone in this room, it's, it's for a first time you are recognizing that you belong to God. And you just wanna to confess today, I am, I, I belong to you, God. I give my life to you. I choose to accept the truth that I was created in your image for you, for your own good pleasure. And I choose this day not to live for myself, but to live for you. I choose to not only make you my creator, but my God and my Lord. I choose to submit to your authority and whatever you say, I will do because you love me. And if that's you that you just wanna, you wanna receive, but also give your life to God, maybe for the first time or rededicate your life to the Lord, can I just have you raise your hand? That's you, you just, you're giving your life to God for the first time, you're rededicating. Amen, amen, I see those hands. I'm just gonna pray a blessing over you guys. God, I thank you that you see these hands. God, I pray that Holy Spirit, you would sear in their hearts and in their minds that from this day forward, you would be the seal of their salvation that when the enemy comes, there would be no doubt on their mind. They would be confident. I belong to my dad. I belong. Jesus bought me with a price. It's no longer I who live. It's Christ who lives in me. So God, I pray that they would have the seal of their salvation from this day forward. I pray that you would grow in them an ever-growing relationship with you. It's not religion. It's not about do's and don'ts. It's a relationship. 
So God, I pray the good thing that you are doing right now, God, that it would blossom. Even as we're reading about the nation of Israel, can a nation be born in a day? Can a child be born in a day? I say yes. Can a mature woman of God be born in a day? I say yes and amen. These aren't just children. God, you birthed mighty warriors, ministers of your gospel. They're anointed, not just to receive love, but to give love. God, I pray for the rest of us. That we need divine interruptions. God, I'm gonna confess that I need to hear your voice more often. I'm just gonna confess, I'm a needy child. You created me where I need lots of affection. I need lots of affirmation. You gave me a mother in the natural that brags on me all the time that growing up in her household, I just kept hearing her say, I love you, Ryan. I kept hearing her say, man, you're so good at that. You're so good at that. And now I'm just hungry for it. I need it in every area of my life, God. Too often my flesh tells me I'm not good enough. Too often the enemy strips me of my joy. God, I just need you to love on me. Maybe more than the other person in this room. I need your interruptions. And God, just as we pick this verse for this year, God, that I choose this day to serve and follow you. Jesus, I, I choose to make interruptions happen in my day, not just to hear that you love me, but to declare my affections and my loving you. I choose to be like Mary and sit at your feet. I choose to stop all my busyness. And maybe for an hour, maybe for one minute, just say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I'm so grateful. You are my peace. You're my joy. You're, you're all that I need. And Jesus, would you train me? Train me to be like you. Train me to see opportunities, to see your children that are all around me all day long. That I would welcome interruptions into my life. I choose this day to acknowledge and pursue interruptions. That Holy Spirit, you're gonna lead me into things that matter more than what I've planned for the day. That Holy Spirit, you're gonna minister your love and the fruit of the Spirit is gonna come out of me as I just obey you in small ways and taking risks and being bold. God, we're gonna see signs and wonders, people being healed, not just here at church, but everywhere we go. God, would you even remind us as we go from here, as we go spend time with family today, Holy Spirit, tune my heart, tune my ears 
to just stop the normal routine of even just having normal Mother's Day. That this Mother's Day would be different. That I would call someone else. That I would take time in the middle of, I don't know, God, but Holy Spirit, I just, I want to be interrupted to do something, to love on someone else. God, I pray for those that are in this room that came in here hurting. Holy Spirit, I pray you would use them in the most powerful way. That as they choose to love someone else, or they choose not to be focusing on their hurt and their pain, as they choose to be ministers, that God, in the midst of them being selfless, in the midst of them choosing to minister to someone else, that you would restore all things to them, God. God, I thank you that even those of us like me that aren't mothers in this room, God, you're ministering to us and you're challenging us. So Holy Spirit, what you sealed of your salvation, I pray that you would sear the things you spoke. God, I don't even know if I gave a sermon, but whatever you spoke, wherever you fed your children today, God, may we go and multiply it. Just as disciples received the five loaves and two fish, they were the ones that went and fed the 5,000. God, we receive the things you gave us today that we're gonna go and multiply it. We're gonna go love on others. We're gonna go share the testimony of what we heard you say to us today, God. And it's gonna bless someone else. In Jesus' holy name, amen, amen, amen. And we're, we're gonna close with one last worship song. Worship team, you wanna come up here? If you need prayer for anything, maybe you need to share what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Maybe you don't need to come all the way forward. Maybe you're supposed to share with someone else in the room. Maybe we just leave the next two to three minutes just of a ministry in the room and then we'll close and you can go enjoy Mother's Day. But again, I'll have some leaders up here. If you have prayer for anything at all, just come get prayer. But feel